Welcome to Mystery Outsides and Apps. I'm Kevin Weir. I'm Aaron Weir, and this is a teen drama time travel cast. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the show that has one of the most aggressively strange timelines for us to try to figure out has decided to uh, take a gander into time travel. I've decided that Riverdale just wants us to give up. They've just made their timeline so convoluted that they're like, you'll never figure them out. You cannot untwine this ball of twine. It helps a little bit that there is a chance that because of the whole River Vale thing, the past has changed as well. Though that is not confirmed. The and path? I think and I think not only is it not confirmed, it feels as though it might actively tell us that's not the truth. No, the time has to the past has to have half changed. Yeah. Because there's no way other Abigail had a Thomasina. Like, original Abigail. <laughs> but uh, Rivervale Abigail did have a Thomasina, which means blended universe Abigail has a Thomasina and was burned on a fire. It's insane that that makes the most sense. It does make the I most sense. But I do dread that that's not what they're doing. But there's no reason not to believe they're not doing it. There's, like, it, there does... There are things from the other world that are coming into play, but, but in a very strange way. And they've combined <laughs> to create new things. Yeah. Um, this, this episode of Riverdale takes a, takes a wild journey. This episode of Riverdale is about racism. This episode of Riverdale is about racism. It's about racism, except for when it's not about racism. means we were correct. Well, <laughs> well sort of. We, we were correct that that um, that uh, Percival is very racist. So racist. <laughs> but it seems like he can <laughs> potentially control. Well, he uh, can try to control the mind of people of color. Yeah. We've never seen him try that before. Well, and also he did it on someone where like it's unclear actually what stopped him from doing it. It's it's still there's still stuff up in the air. There's still stuff up in the air. Uh this episode has a lot of real weird filigree. Like I reached the end of it and I was like, what was this episode about? Like it's it's, it's about racism. Let's it is about be racism. Absolutely clear. But like in the context of an episode of this series, what is it about? Um, I'll tell you what it's about, and I don't think it's a spoiler. Percival's evil. No, our heroes have to work together to defeat the bad guy. Oh yeah, we. But not Veronica. We we learn one additional thing about Percival. Um. But, yeah, mostly it seems like the lesson is, hey, we must work together, which I never thought was a thing they were having problems with. They continually work together, except for when they don't have storylines together. But you know mm. who they don't have to work with thus far? Veronica. No, no, I don't. <laughs> and, and I don't think they will. Oh, my God. Okay, let's, just, let's, let's unravel this web of time the best that we can. Let's try to do a thing. Because this is Riverdale, Season 6, Episode 11. Angels in America. Angels in America. So we begin with Jughead just talking about how awesome Pop's Chocolate Shop is. He talks about how all the important moments in Riverdale, all of them. All of them. Happened at Pops. Yeah. Except for the things we saw on the series. Which didn't happen didn't at Pops. didn't happen at Pops. Well, they, when he says that, we learn that what he means is everything related to civil rights <laughs> in Riverdale <laughs> happened at Pops. Accurate. Accurate. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we, we begin with them sitting in Pops' chocolate shop. He also does mention it's going to be a battle. It's a battleground. Which, Which is 
does come into later. And they did lay the seeds of in Rivervale. Yeah, in another dimension, in a series that we thought didn't matter. Did we but have to watch Rivervale again? It's it's insane to me that they were like, here's here's a here's a whatever many episode spread of something that would be like fun weird stuff. I really hope they do connect. They are so integral to what is currently happening, especially that one. Even the, though the, they were not connected to each other <laughs> when they were going on. But they are very intensely connected to, which the more that it happens, the more I have to think that the town sacrificed Archie. They just killed him and then were <laughs> fine with it afterwards. But then they were worried about the darkness of Tabitha was one of them. Oh, yeah, she was there when he was sacrificed. Yeah. Anyway, uh, they're watching the TV, and I can't get over this. This is two council members just talking to each other on... T- this is just state-run media at this point. Hey, and this is wild, because as far as we knew, Alice worked for a news station <laughs> as a news anchor. Yeah. But now she has her own daytime talk show called Alice's Show, or yeah. something like that, which I, is a completely different format. I, I made you convince them to, get, to give her a morning show, you know, like they Maybe have like the Pickens morning. Maybe convinced them to do that. Yeah. So Percival has a plan. Percival's plan just proves how much of an old man he is. Percival's plan makes no GD <laughs> sense. Well, Percival's like, well, we got to bring industry and economy to this town. And do you know what this town needs? A monorail. I mean, a train. So he's going to build a privately owned railroad <laughs> that will run right through the center of town. To where? To and where? from where? From, what is the connection? Is Are we just talking about like a like a bullet train from New York to Riverdale? Look, Kevin, let me tell you. In the States, there are a lot of mom-and-pop railroads. You can own a railroad that just, like, goes around your town and serves all of the industries in the town. It, Riverdale does not have industries, and he says he's going to bring in tourists <laughs> and I, jobs. I, yeah, he just vaguely says, this tr- he, he gives the monorail from <laughs> The S- Simpsons speech. He's like, this monorail will bring it. <laughs> This train will bring in, in tourists and economy. It'll make, it'll, it'll make this town. We'll put it on the map. But he doesn't ever explain why, which I think is fine. It, it's he's the a, point. Yeah. Because he's bad. Yeah. And he can control minds. He spent, for someone who can just control minds, he does spend a lot of time just doing propaganda. I imagine it's just tiring to go to each person and yeah. be like, hey, you vote. Like my, you like my train, right? Hey, vote. Hey, vote. Hey, vote. I don't know. This train station thing is wild, and apparently they're gonna they have to build it through Pops. Even though Pops is not in the center of town, Pops is either on the barrier between the north side and the south side, or it's on the lonely highway. Impossible to say. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> it's greatly unclear about where Pops. Is. I'm pretty sure it's supposed to be the middle, like between <laughs> north and south, which I would say is the middle of town. Although the south part of Riverdale no longer exists, it's gone. Yeah, yeah, it might sounds like it might be that other town now that Hiram did, which is not a town, <laughs> it's just a a dirt field. Man, none of this makes sense. Look. Percival is bad, and it's okay that his plans are bad because his plans are supposed to be flimsy. But as the one viewer of Riverdale who knows a lot about trains and railways, it's infuriating. <laughs> the the one viewer of Riverdale who knows a lot about trains. There are no others. Do you think there is anyone else who watches this show who is a qualified railway conductor? <laughs> <laughs> Do you honestly think anyone else fits that demographic? Hey, if you watch Riverdale and you're a, <laughs> a qualified <laughs> railway conductor, let us know. I'm going to tweet that question out and we'll see. No, Tabitha is obviously like, I'm not going to sell the diner. And for the first time, finally, finally, despite being alone with her many times, Percival tries to mind control her. And she just says, no, 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 I won't sell. It just doesn't work. And he's like, oh, the town's going to be so disappointed in you that you can't put your emotions aside, that you just care about a dying business. (laughs) Even though I thought she got a huge influx of, like, an investment last season. Remember the whole thing with the Pussycats? Yeah, when they came. Cabot? Yes. Didn't Alexandra Cabot invest and they made the 
diner like thriving. I'm confused. I'm confused. Sometimes this diner is like doing doing gangbusters, and sometimes it's not. It's... I guess it did get exploded, but it's no longer exploded. <laughs> it's fine. So this follows up by Tabitha going to a sequence of people. She goes to Archie, but he's very he's scared. afraid to be near Pickens because want... Pickens knows his weakness. Yeah, like Archie. That just makes you a normal person again. Just don't punch him. Don't get, don't get punched. <laughs> he can't just punch you. That would be assault. Exactly. And yes, he can control minds, blah, blah, blah. Then she goes to Betty, who just gives, like, vague and kind of rapey warnings about Percival. <laughs> about never being alone with him. Yeah, she really just sets up Percival as a sexual pest. Um... And she then goes to Tony. she goes to Tony, and Tony's like, look, he said the white worm won't be affected. And <laughs> I'm like, Tony, he's building a rail station over top of you. Well, I'm, here's what I'm going to say. I'm going to say a bar beneath a rail station is probably just as effective as a bar beneath a diner. Yeah, but it's going to be affected. It's going to be I mean, so shaky all the time. I mean, obviously, it'll be affected. But, like, you know, you go to train stations, uh, like, the big ones all the time where it's, like, and there's a bar in there. Train stations that are well-constructed and have good infrastructure. Yeah, not like this one. <laughs> then uh, she goes to Veronica. Of course, Veronica is a good person. But Veronica apparently. suggests that maybe she should forget about dumb pops and just focus on her satellite location at the... Um... I think she does say that, like, no, just open up in a new location. Yeah. She does mention the satellite location. Because it's is doing going, amazing. Which proves that there is essentially just, that there is still obviously... Appetite for pops. Yeah. Literally. Just, just open up a diner in a new location. But, you know, this is this one's all about heritage, so... Um, and then she goes to Cheryl, who... Is I... in a freezing cold mansion she's gonna kill her she's gonna kill her grandmother oh yeah yeah her like she's gonna kill those two small children who live with her aaron they're already dead (laughs) (laughs) it's true we haven't seen them for years it they (laughs) in riverdale years (laughs) yeah they are they are feral children who live in the woods now they are 11 Yep. Yeah. Yep. They should be in school. Yeah, but there's no way Auntie Cheryl's taking them to school. No, they're learning. No. They're learning the lessons of the forest. <laughs> <laughs> we need to see the children. I cannot show. stress this enough. Show. We are so concerned about the children. The last time you showed them to us, you were sending them to Cheryl. Then La Llorona almost killed one of them. In a in another world. But maybe this world. La Llorona succeeded. So, uh, Cheryl, I think, implies that once she can control her power, she's just going to use light her... him on fire. Yeah, yeah. She's going to use her powers to kill Percival. Yeah. yeah. When she can be sh- sure that she'll kill Percival and not Tabitha. <laughs> yeah. So, with all this, uh, Percival's little crony, Kevin, arrives just to be like, hey, Tabitha's getting support. I mean, not really. <laughs> and Percival's like, mm, she can't stop me. Uh, she might slow me down, though. That'd be annoying. So I guess this thing is very time-sensitive. I guess Whatever. so. So it's like, well, I guess I'll just have to do something. <laughs> I'll have to do a bad guy thing. <laughs> yep. Um, this leads into a scene that I was a- I absolutely love because it shows some awareness of their magic system. Jughead is talking to Tabitha, and then he turns around and thinks she keeps talking. <laughs> Because he, cause he's only reading her mind. Yeah. He can't tell the difference between what's actually being said and what's... He got too comfortable. Remember how we said this would probably be challenging for him? Yeah. Yeah, he got too comfortable. Yeah. So, he, so he slips up. She, she thinks something instead of saying it, but he answers it like she said it. And she's like, okay, well, buddy. Hold on a second. Now hold on. I've been realizing that you've been kind of weird for a while. <laughs> you, I know you did this actually first earlier, but now I'm starting to put this together. So off camera, he explains to her everything that happened. Yeah. And I think in her head, she's like, oh, that's why Archie was talking about his weakness. <laughs> oh, that's why Betty was. Be- okay. No, uh, this, all right. that actually makes things a lot more sense. Um, Now, they talk, they talk about how, like, he couldn't manipulate Tabitha for something. They bring and that up Jughead again. Jughead is perplexed by it, but yeah. then he moves on because uh, he's going to come up with an idea. Yeah, they're, they're going to redo a plan that they actually tried to do in season one. Show, you cannot reference earlier seasons anymore. They you do have, not exist. You have lost that right. Because in season <laughs> one, he was trying to save a, the, the, drive-in the drive-in that he lived in slash worked at. And now... They all have super, like, we. you can't let us think you, about early seasons. You can't remind us what you once were. You cannot do that. 
So, but what he's going to try to do is what he's trying to do there, which is he's just going to make Pops a historical landmark, which feels like something that would be so much easier than the than the drive-in. This is going to be literally the easiest thing anyone has ever done. <laughs> and I think they do succeed at it. I mean, maybe they'll pick it up next episode. Yeah, but, but it does seem that it works. <laughs> it's mostly a setup so they can get a box of stuff from Pops, which is just full of... Every significant civil rights event. And also, like, polio vaccines are given there. and Yeah. Yeah. But we do find out most significantly at this moment yeah. is that Pops was once in the Green Book. Yes. For people who don't know what the Green Book is, it was a book to help uh, black motorists uh, essentially avoid... Bad places. <laughs> Bad places and find safe places during uh, segregation era. Yeah. You know, yeah. who will accept them? Where can they stop and pull over? Yeah. Where are you safe and not going to get, you know. Pop's Chocolate murdered. Shop. Yeah. And Pop's Chocolate Shop was in it. Now, uh, this is all bookended, not bookended, ended, I guess, by... A black hood, <laughs> except that he's not wearing a mask and he's not the black hood. No, just a man. A man walks in and shoots <laughs> Tabitha. And I'm like, yeah. Yeah, I guess Percival can just do that. Yeah. Did he mind control a guy? Did he pay him? Impossible to say, because Perkins doesn't always do things the way he's supposed to as a mind controller. Yeah, he... I I respect his restraint. It feels like he wants to play fair. It feels like he's <laughs> like, I mean, of course I can mind control people, but that's not fun. I should play their games. I can't be playing chess when they're all playing checkers. Yeah. Well, it's time to play some Goddamn checkers, because Tabitha, <laughs> after she is shot, wakes up or just appears in 1944. <laughs> and a man comes up to her and is like, hey, Teresa, great news. We got in the green book. Yeah. So this, so he believes she's Teresa. This is Titus Tate, her great grandfather. So this is Pop Tate's father. father. Yeah. You know, the man who sold his soul to the devil. Maybe. In another world. But maybe this world. Yeah. Now, she's fortunately, I guess, not going to be alone. Because a man who appears to be Jughead is just sitting there in a booth. But is it Jughead, Aaron? No, it's Raphael. Remember the angel! The angel from the other world! If you don't remember, don't worry. They're going to flash back and show us. <laughs> now, you might be thinking... Now, he, he clarifies. He's just the angel thing where it's like, well, yeah. I have to be in this form because if I was in my real form where I'm a wheel <laughs> surrounded by <laughs> flaming wings, you would go mad and lose your mind and, and your you're... eyes would bleed. Um, Classic things. Now, you might be thinking, oh... The angel came in and saved her. The angel's watching over her. No, I cannot stress this enough. The angel is unrelated. The angel also <laughs> the, knows nothing. The, he is journeying with her and on a journey of discovery at the same time as Tabitha Tate. They have an angel and he's just like, I don't know what happened to you. And she's like, well, why haven't you saved me before? And he's like, oh, I can only intervene sometimes. And right now I can't really intervene because I don't know right anything. Now, I'm not intervening. I'm just being here. Because he, what he does is he gives her a text. This series has an obsession with pseudoscientific textbooks and people reading them and being like, well, now I understand that I, Tabitha, am a chronokinetic. The angel's unrelated. Not only that, the bomb is unrelated. Yeah. Her power was activated because she was shot. The trauma of being shot is similar to the trauma of a bomb going out, going off under you. So it's not. So, and I guess Cheryl being possessed by a ghost is also trauma. The. Just make everything connected to the bomb. I cannot stress this enough. Just, it's so weird. Everything is so disconnected. And they could do a thing where, like, because she was around Jughead so much, there were, like, rippling bombs. Or what I think it oh. is is that the bomb goes off and it affected the people around it close enough. And now ripples are going out, affecting people who are further and further away from it. It took them longer to manifest their powers. That also makes sense. Also, you can't have an unrelated angel. He's just her guardian angel. He just likes to hang out with her. But you have this like weird magic system based on like, oh, well, when trauma happens, our gifts activate. Also an angel. 
So anyway, she's like, okay, well, I've unlocked my powers. Book didn't tell me why I time traveled here. No. And then he's like, oh, maybe you're needed here. And she's like, that's fair. Can I ever go home? Well, what she needs to find, as according to the book, is potentially a totem. Something that she can focus on that will allow her to harness her powers and return to her own time. But who knows what that is? And there's no time for that because they've got to go to a community meeting. Yes, there's a meeting to decide if Riverdale will become a sundown town. Now, I... I might be wrong here. I but cuz I always felt like sundown like sundown town was a thing that essentially like outsiders called the town. People like people who were being essentially sundown. Sundown were that's a sundown town. But they're talking about how like we are deciding whether or not we want to be a sundown town. Well, here's the thing, Kevin. This uh movement yeah. was started by Percival Pickens. Yeah. Spoiler alert. Well, Sheriff Perkins. Perkins. <laughs> Percival Pickens is always an outsider, and I think doesn't understand how humans work. So I think he, like, called it that, and everyone was like, whoa. Well, I understand that. Because he's the one who has to explain to us what a sundown town is. Yes. Um. I mean, for people, like, this has a very simple idea of sundown towns, which are a real and atrocious thing. Mm-hmm. Um. But... Talking to Mayor Keller, they're all here, by the way. There's Principal Cooper, which... We're not going to talk about because I don't think there were any Coopers at that time since the first Cooper was Hal's... Oh, maybe there was. No, I think first this Cooper is... First Cooper was Hal's I think this is like almost the first generation of Coopers. So this is the wife of the murderer who was a Blossom. <laughs> oh, this is the one who convinced young um young Hal to be a murderer. No, oh, her daughter did her that. Her daughter convinced young Hal to be a murderer. I think... Or was, yeah, Hal's father wasn't the first Cooper. Hal's grandfather was the first Cooper. Hal's father was the first serial killer. Right. Right. Now, um, anyway. Uh, um, yeah, so Principal May- Cooper, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, so May- Mayor Keller has decided we're going to do these sundown laws. And really, literally what they what they have here is they're going to just set up a law that says every black person has to be out of the city at sundown. You know, a wildly variable time. Yeah. Um, now, obviously, sundown towns are a real thing. Mm-hmm. This is, I don't know if there's any that specifically had, like, that obvious of a law. Because usually it's a lot more insidious. But Which I guess is how just, you trick people. Well, it's, usually it's, like, stuff where, where it's more of it's unspoken things the cops just did mm-hmm. versus, like, well, the law they well, the law is what we're doing this for. It's usually just, like, no, they just do it. That's why they had the Green Book, because you couldn't just look up local laws and be like, well, this one says black people aren't allowed there after. Anyway. Anyway. They have to, they have to do it quickly, so sure, whatever. Yeah, Pickens explains that uh, Greenville and Center, Greendale and Centerville and all the towns nearby have done this, they'll, they'll, and their crime has gone wildly down. They'll list those three towns twice, to the point that I'm wondering if that matters or if just them name-dropping towns they've already mentioned. <laughs> the only towns they've already mentioned. Yeah. So Tabitha will stand up and be horrified by this yeah. and speak, like, fairly eloquently. Yeah. And then good old Artie Andrews will stand up and be like, hey, yeah, yeah. I was in the war. I fought for freedom. You're taking away people's freedom. <laughs> also, five of my firefighters are black. Yeah. I need them. <laughs> Yeah, so th- now Artie Andrews is someone we've actually heard about before, and he it's was true. a firefighter. That's why Archie, that's one of Archie's like, well, I can be a fireman because my grandfather was a fireman. I can only do the things my family has done. Yeah. Now, Tabitha does point out Riverdale was never a sundown town, so history is being changed. Or, because it's time travel, she was always meant to go back. And stop stop. it from being a sundown town. Yeah, man, we can't do time travel. There's a lot that's going on here. It's weird. We should also point out, when when they explain why she was called Teresa, Raphael says, that is what Titus has, like, rationalized you are. But but not where Teresa is. And everyone else she meets will be like, hey, little lady, I've never met you before. Uh, yeah. Okay. Um, like, even when Artie's like, hey, I was in the war. She's like, thanks, Archie. And he's like, I'm Artie, ma'am. Yeah, but I think that I think that it might be, he's like, oh, she forgot my name. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, 
unclear and weird. Uh, and that's very important for what's going to happen later. But as she explains, Sheriff Perkins was... Was he's he has an analog in my time who's also terrible. And so she's like, hmm, I think he's a time traveler also causing problems. <laughs> yeah. And then something very confusing happens. So there is some banging and some panic outside saying, please, please let us in. It is. Well, it's Tony and Fangs. And it, a ba- this time a baby girl. Yeah. Uh, and they are Tracy and Flynn and Annie. And it is. Very unclear if they are ancestors of Tony and Fangs. So, because every other character is playing an ancestor of them. So, they are people from a different place mm-hmm. who were driving through Centerville. Yeah. And at sundown, yeah, their car, car broke down. Yeah. And so they were chased by police who mm-hmm. did want to arrest them and probably kill them. Yeah. yeah. Arrest. You know. You know. And they ran and ran and ran, and then they remembered there was a place in Riverdale that was in the Green Book, so they came here. So I'm so unclear if these are supposed to be their ancestors. Because they're people from a different place who will subsequently (laughs) go to a different place. However, that is also what Thomasina was. Was someone from a different place who came. <laughs> so I don't but, know if the idea is these people's ancestors keep coming into Riverdale and leaving. That's also what Fangs' ancestor Finn was all about. But aren't the Topazes and the Fogarty's like integral parts of... The Topazes are... I don't know if we... We don't know much about the Fogarty's. That's true, because it was only in Rivervale... Where Fangs was like, well, I was raised as a serpent and let me teach you about folklore. Yeah. So that's true. That That's Riverdale. Well, but we, we know the Topaz is for sure because it's Thomas Topaz, but Who, Fangs could have just been like, yeah, when I was a kid. Grandfather made them. Yeah. Yeah, anyway, so okay. the, um, uh, the cops arrive, that being Sheriff uh, Perkins. And his deputy, I guess, Keller. Keller. He, no, they say Deputy Keller. Now they're chasing these crim these criminals down, quote unquote criminals. Um, and I cannot I cannot stress enough how much Percival Perkins, whatever his name, Percival. <laughs> we're just going Percival. Yeah, he's, different he's always Percival. Yeah. he's Paul at one point, but yeah. how he is, but he always chooses PP because uh, he's a piss man. <laughs> now Perkins is so into racism. <laughs> yep, he supports that racism, they, racism with all of his heart. They really set up later that's like, oh, this is all a, a a thing that he's doing to like try to take the soul of Riverdale. It really just feels like he's really into racism. He he really just does not like non-white people. Now, um, I know that he is bad, mm-hmm. but like, sir, you can't arrest some like you're a sheriff. You're not an FBI. <laughs> yeah, there, there's this whole, it's. You can't arrest people they're, in they're, Riverdale because they were in Centerville. They're really conflating the amount of like, and like, there's it's, this is an incredibly compl- complex and intricate, like real life thing that yes, happened in the past. Because real of, police officers would do wrong things. But I just want to point out that this is very wrong. And it's weird that he's, well, I mean, the the weird thing is that it's so wrapped up into, like, that's, like, that's the law when there's a lot, I don't know, when there's, there's a lot of stuff where it's, like, it's just them doing, like, it's weird that he's so, like, well, then I guess we'll get a warrant and we'll do this the legal way. And, and like, like, you can't get a warrant from a different town for your town. <laughs> yeah, I'm like. I don't think. Yeah, there, there's a lot of stuff here where it's, like, they're doing illegal things in a weirdly roundabout legal way that I don't think would would work. And it seems much more likely that they would just barge in and drag them out because that's actually what would happen. And because he's not actually going to get a warrant from a different town. And then, yeah. and so Tabitha anyway. will go out and be like, oh, you can't have them. You can't just barge in. Yeah. And Titus will support her. Yep. With a gun, which is awesome. So this is all said that they're going to get a war in the morning. And so uh, the other, the two, uh, Tony and Fangs, whatever, Tracy yeah. and Flynn. Uh, they they can't run. They need a miracle. And thankfully, there's just an angel sitting there. Can I point out to you why they can't run? Because the baby has asthma. Yeah, and her asthma medicine's in the car. Which feels like that would be a problem right now also as well. Like Even I agree. if you don't run. <laughs> You're still away from the medicine. Still anyway, from the medicine. what's more important is they do, in fact, 
have an angel. No. And so Tabitha's like, hey, can you do an angel thing? Can you melt their eyes, please? Okay. No, she asks, hey, like, you know, go get our help or whatever. That actually happens off screen. But we see the angel yeah. being like, I'm not supposed to get involved in these situations if it's not, like, deemed by the Almighty. But that's not actually the problem. The problem is this angel is useless. Yeah, he has no powers. He does no things. Yeah. So instead she's like, well, there is one thing you could do. You could go out there and flash those two. What if you just uh, take off your human jacket and show your angel full body? Yeah, just give him a little flash out there. Yeah, yeah. And, and once again, this angel puts up no fight. It was like, but I'm not allowed to. It says, like, oh, no, you're right. That would work. Anyway, <laughs> goodbye. Goes outside and just flashes the sheriff and Geller and drives them mad and burns their eyes out of their head. And they are driven mad. And then Chief Andrews, Fire Chief Andrews, comes yeah. to collect this poor family. But first, they got to make a pit stop. Yep. So they stop by the mayor and we get some um, arguments from uh, Tabitha, which she'll say something along this line about four or five times this episode. She says, hey, you know, if you do the sundown law, like these are look at these normal people who got all caught up in these in these laws. If you do these sundown laws, you'll cost Riverdale its soul. And this is a very simple way, I guess, of just saying racism is bad. Yeah. Now, uh, the, so the mayor says no to sundown laws. It's a nice, you know, happy story, uh, if not a little bit simplified. Yeah. Um, and then we're followed up by the fact that Tabitha is a terrible time traveler. She, cause she's just about to tell Titus that she's, that she's, that she's no one. Yeah. Actually, I'm not Teresa and I'm your, like, she's about to tell him terrible, terrible time traveler. Uh, thankfully crazy Percival. (laughs) And he is crazy Percival. He is like wearing a straight jacket that he's like wiggled his way out of. Yeah. The other situations that leads us to make a bit more sense. This one's a bit weird. Uh, he's gone out of a straight jacket. He has a gun and says, you won't beat me. And then shoots her, which sends her to 1968. So here she is in 1968, and she's listening to Martin Luther King's mountain speech. Now, top speech. Yeah. Now, once again, because she is a bad time traveler, she decides immediately, I need to change history and try to save Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Look, here's the thing. I think if that was someone who meant so much to your community, yeah. you wouldn't be able to control your like human <laughs> instincts. You would just be like, no, got to do it. Got to do it. Think of how much good could be done in the world. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> man, you gave a character time to control powers. Now, she's once again joined by Raphael, this time as Tony. The sequence Raphael takes of forms get increasingly distant from what, who Tabitha cares about. <laughs> <laughs> no, she was really good friends with her, the third form. Remember when they used to roam the Lonely Highway? Yeah. Finding killers? I would still say increasing distance. <laughs> now, now, oh man, this next, this, so, this next thing that comes up is very strange. So the FBI offices in Riverdale apparently opened in the 1950s yeah apparently, i think betty did tell us that at one point i don't I mean i don't care that's fine it's fine for her to bring that up that's so to, um after she tries to take a bus to martin luther king jr yeah and the bus breaks down because yeah. fixed events yeah she's like the fbi will help me so she goes to the fbi now, okay, office i need to i need to say something to everyone there it's so wild to me that this young lady can know the day to the day when this speech happened but not know all the terrible things the FBI did mm. <laughs> to Martin Luther King. And being like, the, having someone say, the FBI will help me is insane. This is a true statement. <laughs> like, to she, the only reason she knows what day it is is because she says it from hearing the speech. But she doesn't know about Contel Pro, apparently. Well, and also, like, not only the real terrible things that the FBI did. Yeah. She lives in Riverdale. Like, she knows what the Riverdale Universe <laughs> FBI has done. Yeah. They're consistently corrupt. Um, the, F- the Riverdale FBI? Glenn, Betty's brother. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, I mean, uh, yeah, yeah, okay. I mean, Glenn wasn't corrupt. He was just a jerk. And also, you know, a little bit of a sexual abuser. Yes. Now, um... So she heads to the FBI, but oops. Uh-oh, Percival. Oops, all Percival. <laughs> yep. Percival's an agent. Also, once again, 
Keller, like Kevin Keller. Yep, Kevin Keller is his sidekick yeah. once again. So, uh, she obviously she's sad about this, and she gets what I have. I can only describe as, and hopefully people out there will get it. She gets the Doctor Who speech about how some events are fixed points in time and cannot be changed. And she keeps trying to come up with suggestions. What if I called the hotel? They won't believe you. What if I talk to him? They won't let you through. Yeah, there's a fixed point in time. Now the angel knows about time travel. <laughs> well, now the angel read the book. That's true. Now, <laughs> now, now the angel watched that episode of Doctor Who. <laughs> so she's like, well, what am I supposed to do if I can't make a difference in the world? I don't know. You can find your talisman and try to go home. She's like, ah, oh, I can't focus on that if I know that Martin Luther King Jr. is going to die. Yeah. So Solid point. Good point. <laughs> Yep. Yeah. Uh, so the assassination happens, uh, and they hear the Robert Kennedy speech about it, and everybody's sad about that. And she comforts Pops, and mm-hmm. he says, "What are we? What do we do? Do we close out of respect?" And she says, "No, we're going to stay open to give people a place to go to and have community, which is an excellent choice." Mm-hmm. Now, unfortunately, uh, <laughs> this is followed up by Agent. Percival and Keller arriving and saying there was terrible rioting in Greendale, Centerville, and Seaside. So the mayor is shutting down. Keep going. Let me do this. Shutting down all public gatherings. That was a fun and weird thing we just did. So you got to be out by 6 p.m. and we'll start arresting people. And you got to be careful. It's a powder keg in there. There could be blood. Sh- and yeah. it's how this, like, <laughs> the, we're just sad people hanging out being the, sad. The um, the amount that this, uh, this agent sets up exactly what he wants to happen is hilarious. Which makes, you know, his nemesis, Tabitha... Very easy for her to avoid that because she goes in and she's like, the people want to shut us down. And they're like, let's take to the streets. Let's make our voices heard. Let's, let's riot. She's like, no, no, no. That's 100% exactly what they want. So instead, she's like, hey, let's stick together peacefully. But oh, oh, I want to point out, we have this. I want to bring up because this is the thing where it happens in. We have that whole thing where like we were unclear whether or not Tracy and Flynn were ancestors of Tony and Fangs because mm-hmm. they're played by those actors. Mm-hmm. That's what they do. There are just other actors in this scene. This entire uh, entire timeline, yeah. except for Percival and Kevin, is just other actors. So it's not like they can't get done. other actors. They yeah. could have used some of the actors from this scene in the 1940s to be the family. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so nope, they're just gonna they're gonna hang around. Uh, they're worried about getting arrested, but fortunately, Tabitha, good time traveler, <laughs> remembers. Oh, I'm from the future, so she calls J. Edgar Hoover, and she sits on the phone through ten transfers, being like, "No, seriously, I know about his secret files." Yeah, yeah. So she uses her knowledge of the future <laughs> to just straight up blackmail him. <laughs> so she blackmails him and. At least being, like, somewhat reasonable, apart from Miss I don't care about changing the past. She's like, let's focus on one thing. Let's muzzle, I think it was <laughs> Perry Pierce in this one. I think you're right. Um, This also sets up that, like, this, if, if when, when we get a, like, Percival doing his thing here and talking here to Keller about what's going on, it does feel like... J. Edgar Hoover specifically set up this operation in Riverdale. Yep, because J. Edgar Hoover himself canceled Operation Turkey Shoots, which is they were going to make they were going to they're going to kill all all the people in Pop Tates. Yeah, yeah, by saying that they were rioting. But it really makes it feel like they were very (laughs) focused on specifically Riverdale. Specifically. That's what's insane about it. Not the whole Operation Turkey Shoot thing. Now, I do think that Pickens just went rogue and then Hoover called him and was like, what the what? Why are you doing a turkey shoot? I Absolutely mean, not. I mean, who knows? He You're pro- fired. He he may have not cared, but I don't think he, I don't think J. Edgar Hoover specifically set up this one operation. You know, it's impossible to say. Riverdale is both tiny and unimportant and extremely important all at the same time. And J. Edgar Hoover was historically terrible. This is true. So uh, he's very angry. He's like, what? I'm fired and I can't do this whole thing. And, oh. and clearly this one woman who was at the restaurant and stood up to me somehow 
welcome to Hoover. Yeah, it's the agitator. Man, I'm just like, oh, man, she's about to get shot again. (laughs) So very, very dramatically sad music plays as Tabitha stands in the diner with all these sad people. Mm -hmm. And Percival Pickens drives by extremely slowly in a car staring Mm -hmm. at her. And she whispers, don't stop, don't stop, don't stop. <laughs> Please don't come out and shoot me again. Please don't come out and <laughs> shoot me again. You've been shot so many times. <laughs> now, um, so I guess she's got to just figure out her, her totem deal to get back. So she's working the, she's just working in the diner at this point. Yeah, and uh, in this case, it's Pop. Yeah. Pop's like, hey, need more ketchup. Go get more ketchup. Now, what does she find? It's not ketchup. It's a bomb. What? Exactly like the one that was under the bed. Like, I think it's the same prop. Um, <laughs> so she runs out back. She runs like three feet away from Pops and throws the bomb on the ground. And I'm just like, that's not far enough. You're not nearly far They're enough. They're not nearly far enough. Well, she doesn't need to worry because she's fine. Because she's in 1999. Yeah, th- okay, this is where the the biggest thought, like time travel thought I have happens. So she's not taking over bodies. No, she's creating new people. Okay. But where are those people? They only exist for the time that she's there. No, no. Where are the people that she takes? Because she is is taking the place, not taking the place, but she is. They see her, especially Pop sees her as those people. No, but she's, she's not anyone. Like, those people don't exist except for when she's there. So when she's there, Pops or Titus or whoever imagines he has a sister or a daughter, depending on the age. Okay. And then when she's gone, that person never existed in his mind. Okay. I, I I think the problem I have is that because the way that they do family lines is how they do it in Elden Ring by just having everybody have the same yes. like start of the name. So by her being Teresa and Tina and Tabby, I Tessa. don't know. Tessa. That I just thought like, oh, she's taking the place of one of her ancestors. ancestors. But no. I don't think so because of what Raphael said. Where he says, oh, well, how?" when she says, how come he called me Teresa? And he, and he says, oh, sorry, his mind works it out. I, th- I thought she was essentially being his wife. It's weird that he asks her, to, I guess because they're both black. Maybe that's why he asked her, hey, you got to come to this sundown meeting. Well, I think <laughs> in his head, yeah, like the magic of the time travel makes her his sister the or problem, daughter. The thing is they, they don't use magic. They use science. She reads the a science. The science of the time travel <laughs> makes... Can you not possibly see a world where in science fiction, if someone's time traveling around, the way that the world works is their brains just force them into a role that maybe doesn't exist when they aren't there? I, 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 I can absolutely see that. It's just, it's very confusing to me. I think because when I first saw it, I thought she was, I thought she was one of her own ancestors. I don't think that can be because also because of the line where. When Percival Pickens is the sheriff, mm-hmm. he explicitly says, ma'am, we've never met. Okay. Uh, I thought that was also just him being like, oh, never met. Uh, this might just be me just not grasping onto that stuff, which is fine. It's just what may went past me. I think you're right. I think you're right. I think it makes – you're right. It does make a lot more sense mm-hmm. that she's just – because what I was worried about is that when the bomb goes over the shot, she just left this person's body and then they died. <laughs> No, though, she just ceases to be. She just ceases to be. Uh, <laughs> she de- Just to be clear, though, this bomb definitely does blow up a large chunk. Of, like, she does not go far. Oh, I'm sure if we go far enough back in the past, Pop Tates has one of his endless remembrances of Riverdale <laughs> where he does mention that it was blown up. Yeah. During the riots. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so now she's in 1999. And... A kid has spray paint 88, which is white supremacy, mm-hmm. nationalism, Nazism, um, on uh, onto Pop Tates. This kid has been mesmerized. Yes. Which means that is a thing that these Percivals we've been seeing can do. But have Never... mostly chosen not. Maybe they've been doing it to their Kevins. Yeah. <laughs> their, their, their respective Kevins. But it feels like if you want a riot to happen or you want the mayor to make the town a sundown town and you have mind control powers and the way this has been set up is that just like all you need is for one person to agree with you to mm-hmm. like, these things and happen. And you only need to be alone with them. Yeah, like J. Edgar Hoover one makes sense. He talked to him on the phone. I have to think he has to be at least in person with them. I would think that has been set up. That seems correct. Yeah. So 
I was just ignoring all that stuff because I figured these ones don't have that power. This one in 1999 does. And he uses it on numerous children yeah. to make them paint 88s all over the town. But funny how in other eras it's just like, no, I just have to I have to push the actual racism of the time. But in 1999, you got to trick those kids into racism. Well, yeah, they're the uh, the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air generation. Yeah. Um, I mean, one of them even owns a Ambrose the Rocket Pips um, yeah. card, which is apparently mm. Riverdale's only Major League Baseball player. Yeah. And he loves him. Yeah. And he got a sweet deal from Paul Prince. But from- all he had to do was something i don't remember so this is all clearly personal because once again the naming conventions and, and even he, tabitha is like oh my yeah. god why is he always picking pp names and he owns a curiosity shop in i cannot stress this enough i think victorian england yeah yeah <laughs> she goes to his, she goes to his curiosity shop and i swear there are gas lamps <laughs> So she waits outside when until it's closed, yeah. and her angel pops up next to her, and as we alluded to earlier, now it's Betty. Now it's Betty. And this is the most useless angel. <laughs> just stays outside to keep watch. Now, <laughs> I, I mean, uh, I guess, yeah. I guess, I guess. I guess Raphael in this form does keep effective watch. This, well, this Raphael is mostly, uh, the, the reason the angel is here is to just info dump things that Tabitha, there's no way she'll figure out on her own. But, you know, she's... Uh, she's there. She keeps watch with Tabitha breaks into the curiosity shop after Percival leaves. And she just takes a lot of Polaroid pictures of creepy stuff in that shop. Yeah. So it's like, is he a time traveler? Why does he keep appearing? Why doesn't he use the mind control powers? He clearly has more. Why does he only show up at times of crisis? Yeah. Why does he own the Spear of Longitis oh, yeah. and the Holy Grail? Oh, yeah. There's a chance that Percival is either Judas or specifically the Roman soldier who stabbed or Jesus both. Or, or both. Or both. Um, but Judas doesn't have a P name. Oh, he could have been um, Pontius Pilate. <gasps> he could have been. <laughs> but Pontius Pilate was more a man of inaction than action. <laughs> Maybe not in Riverdale. Oh, my God. He could be Pontius Pilate. <laughs> um, so, yeah, he's got a bunch of things. But specifically, we're about to get real Christian. Because uh, not only does he have the Spear of Longinus, he has the Holy Grail. And Raphael's like, hey, I know what that is. It's Maybe holy, that's your grail. The Holy Grail could literally be your Holy Grail. You know, the totem. No, Tabitha's like, I don't think so. That has no power for me. The, uh, well, I think she is very, very Christian. I think that's like supposed yeah, to be inherently I think so. set up. The, they do. It's weird to me. They set up earlier, and I just didn't think about this at all. But they said like, oh, the totem is something that means dear to you. Or just a society in general. And I'm like, that second, the second feature of it is ridiculous. Ridiculous. How are you ever going to find it if it's dear to you or society well, in general? And not only that, so does that mean that the people with chronokinesis could time travel because they could like approach the Eiffel shra- Tower? Yeah, the Eiffel Tower. Can I just use the Eiffel Tower as my totem? Could they use the, shroud, the shroud of Turin? Could they use the Empire State Building? Like, Use Tutankhamun's tomb. Yeah, yeah. Like, what does that mean? It's it. It feels like it has to be personal to you, and I think that second part is just wrong. Yeah. Well, it's to set up the yeah the the trick the yeah. trick of the episode the so twist. so obviously she has to go back to, to the curiosity shop to, to get, get the, the holy, holy grail. grail, and in a shocking turn of events, she is confronted by, by Paul. Dressed as a Confederate soldier. And I also think when we saw Paul earlier, he didn't have the... So I think this might be Paul from a different time. This might be General Pickens. This, yeah. So uh, as she, she fights him because as she explains in the middle of the fight, I was on the fencing team and the debate team. And my favorite debate question was, if you could travel back in time, would you kill baby Hitler? And I... And I <laughs> And I would say yes. And I'm like, okay, that's not really how debate works, but okay. <laughs> good argument. <laughs> good argument. I mean, you are um, stabbing him pretty good. Yeah. Uh, when she asks him, who are you? His response is, my names are a legion, but blow out the candle and I am the dark. And then there's a, then there's a legitimate jump scare. Yep. Like a cutaway to a face in the dark, like 
screaming at you. Uh, <sighs> but she does stab him, but he vanishes as she stabs him. So maybe he's also a time traveler. So I think it makes sense that he's actually only going forward in time just because that explains why he hates Tabitha so much in this current time. And that explains why he didn't know who she was in previous. Yeah, he only yeah. he didn't know who she was in the first one, but every other one he's like He's like, "Oh, you're trouble." Well, I mean the whole the agitator thing. Like he should Maybe well, he forgot about her. Maybe he's maybe he actually does live through all the time. Oh, well, that could be. It's unclear. It's unclear. So he disappears, she steals the holy grail and burns she burns the down shop. Which, Tabitha, there could be other things that would be helpful to society. Also, that shop was, once again, in a very small and cramped Victorian England street. I'm sure it burned really easily. I'm sure a lot of other things burned as well. Maybe it was in Sketch Alley. It actually looked like where the... uh, the newspaper that Jughead and Tabitha burned down. Oh my God! <laughs> Stop burning. Synthesis. Down. Stop burning down buildings. <laughs> it doesn't actually do anything. It's not a good choice, and it does make you an you know enemy of free press. Yeah, we get this weird thing where they talk a little bit like, "What if the Grail is my talisman?" Well, then you'll keep hoping and fighting. Whatever. And, and then she, she drinks a milkshake out of the Holy Grail. And then. Boom, we're back to the present. And I'm confused what we got from all that. <laughs> like, like I understand thematically stuff about exploring racism throughout the ages in America. But, like, in this the is... plot of the series, what was that? So, this is a lot like the homeless episode, where it's like, hey, show, know what you are. Well, it feels like, all, like what they're doing is they're being like, hey, did you know there was racism? Did you know it's going on? And did you know it's bad? And we're like, yep. And what like, else do you want to add to that conversation? It is absolutely important to shine a light on this. Yeah. And I think Riverdale has actually explored racism to different degrees mm-hmm. in ways. Yeah. I don't know if they were, you know, there has never been an episode of Riverdale that's like the Brooklyn Nine-Nine episode where Terry gets pulled over on the street. Yeah. Like nothing has ever done it like that. Yeah. But like they've, Try to explore it within the confines of the type of show they are. But this was really just like presentational. Like, hey, Sundown Laws. Hey, Green Book. You heard of that? But it feels like the Wikipedia article on all of them. I mean, this entire season has been a Wikipedia article (laughs) on things. But I mean, also like, the thing is we're not saying, oh, Riverdale, you have to go deeper. But it's like, it's weird doing it and pretending like you are. I don't know. Well, they're not going deep. I don't know. And they're not going shallow and driving their core storyline forward. Because we already know Percival is evil. And we already know he's not a normal human because he doesn't have a past. Yeah. But apparently he was there all throughout Riverdale. Like, that is kind of interesting. I think it would be done in a different way. Um, Anyway, so after uh, Tabitha returns to the present. This time she's mysteriously holding a can of... uh, Well, she knew what was going on. Yeah, she's holding a can of tomatoes. She returns like just before the assassin comes in. And she throws a can of tomatoes at his head. Yeah. It's so good. Yeah. She just whacks him out. And Jughead's like, whoop. Now, after when they talk, she explains about everything. And Jughead goes... Why don't I get an angel? <laughs> why don't why don't why don't anybody else who has powers? He brings up the question I had, which is, what does the angel have to do with our powers? And the answer is nothing. Well, Tabitha's like, uh, I don't think it had to do with my powers. I think it had to do with training me so I can be a good fighter in the war between good and evil. I'm being, yeah, I'm being trained for a battle that's coming up because Percival is he's the personification of evil, so he's like the devil of sorts. Which I guess is. Why he's so into racism. Yes. I Okay, I don't know why I said that questionly. <laughs> racism is extremely evil. But again, this is... Okay, I think I know what the problem is. Yeah. Remember last episode when Archie was like, What? General Pickens? He was a homicidal maniac. Yeah. And it was like, Archie, you're... It's a lot more complex than that. There's like a lot of societal and like systemic issues yeah, was... this like ties into. He wasn't just an evil man who, wa- who walked up to the Uctana like, I'm gonna murder these people. He was a... He, he was an agent of a system that destroyed, that genocided an entire people yeah. because they wanted the land they lived on. Yeah, yeah. He wasn't like a, a John Wayne Gacy wandering in being like, yeah. So I think the problem that I have is I feel like this episode's exploration of racism was that he's a homicidal <laughs> maniac of racism. Well, and not only that, when it's done, like, 
they they almost pretend the episode wasn't all about racism because they all of a sudden cut back to they have all the power they get all the power people together and uh that was just like yeah he you know he wants something it's a it's a it's a battle it's a train for a battle that's coming up between good and evil and good's forces will marshal here I'm like he was really really focused on race and i understand <laughs> i think that they did that storyline because Tabitha yeah. is black. Yeah. And so that's what they wrapped it up in. But to audience, if you want like an interesting exploration of racial issues, especially how they are related to our current day, mm. where we all think we're in a post-racist society and <laughs> um, you should watch this week's episode of Survivor. Oh. <laughs> and I think that maybe part of the reason I'm feeling so weird about this is because I did watch this week's episode of Survivor. <laughs> Um, so for those who are listening to this episode afterwards, this was season 42, the double tribal council episode. Okay. Uh, so as we said, they got all the powered people together, that being Cheryl, Archie, Betty, Jughead, and Tabitha. And Tabitha's like, hey, what I learned from all my time travel is we're going to have to work together to kill per- or to stop Percival. Yeah, we're going to have to stop Percival. And I'm going to be like, yeah, we know. But we do, I guess, get a clarification of stakes. Well, because not only did she go back in time, once she discovered what her talisman was, because hilariously and weirdly... It's the- not the Holy Grail. <laughs> the Holy Grail's our talisman. No, it's Pops. Her tal- As long as she's inside Pops, she can time travel... To, it feels like, different iterations of Pops. Now, she does point out that's an insane talisman, but that's what she's got. <laughs> yeah. Um, the gra- So the Grail was just a fun thing they threw in. Same with the Spear of Longinus. Yeah. Like, that never ended up being... I, guess, I think she stabbed him with it, but I don't know. Maybe that'll be a hint for something. She went forward to the literal apocalypse. And the world around her is destroyed. Pop. I know, I gotta clarify. They're they're very much like, hey, we gotta save Pops. If Pops falls, everything falls. Pops exists in the future she saw. Like she says it's empty, which probably mean which maybe means it was closed, but it wasn't turned into a train station. Yeah, so he didn't they know he doesn't succeed at that terrible plan, even though apparently he's been calling Governor Dooley to be like, hey Dooley, um the new Hiram Lodge. Yeah. Block yeah. things I don't like. <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, so she came back. She's realized that Pops is going to be a place where the powers of good can marshal in this war, which I think Raphael told us in Rivervale. Yeah, in Rivervale, but that's not Riverdale, but it is also Riverdale. And things that happen there don't matter, but they also matter incredibly important. Sometimes. Um, I... Yeah. You... This is the time... Riverdale can't come back from this. Like once you're once you're like, "Oh, we're trying to stop the apocalypse." You can't scale back. No, you've gone supernatural. And by yeah. supernatural, I mean the TV show. The TV show, show Supernatural. When they killed the devil in season 5. Then they just had to keep escalating. <laughs> yeah. You 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 had a nice self-contained thing where like the Riverdale, Riverdale could be constantly threatening because it was a town that was constantly existing. Now you're doing the apocalypse of the entire world, which means we know there's a season seven. So you have to. You, you don't have to get bigger necessarily, but but if you, you do don't... have to threaten the world again. And if you don't get bigger. I think you can't beat Pickens for good. I think he has to, like, go into hiding and lick his wounds at the end of the season. So he's looming over. Yeah, I I mean, guess. I guess on Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the apocalypse is at the end of basically every season. But that's fine. But that's a supernatural but, show. But, but once again, that's fine because the apocalypse at the end is at the end of every season. My point is not that they can't that they have to do the apocalypse again. The point is they can't go back to what they were doing last season, where it's just like... Can you imagine if Hiram came back into town after Pickens? Yeah, it's like, who cares, man? Man, we fought the intrinsic powers of evil. We the, he's the personification of evil that has existed all through time. Hiram, we're just going to laugh at you until you leave. 
are they going to set up that Pickens manipulated the Blossoms into hiring him to? Oh my <laughs> god, and then we'll forgive the Blossoms? To... I... N- Kevin, they have been trying to do a Blossoms forgiveness train this season. <sighs> Except for Penelope. She bad. Yeah. Yeah. She's like also, more bad than also, she used to be. Also, I'll say this again because I've said it every episode now. Rose did try to kill Cheryl. Like fully, like more than Penelope ever did. Rose tried to kill Cheryl. Oh uh, Yeah, she just wanted her to live in her mind palace until she disappeared. Yeah, until she faded away and her body was taken over by someone else. She would, she gladly said to Britta, she's gone. She's mm-hmm. not coming back anymore. Mm-hmm. She is dead. Penelope never tried to kill Cheryl. No. She just wanted to manipulate her mentally and abuse her for the rest of her life. Yeah, you know, normal mom thing. Hey, Aaron. Yes, Kevin. So this episode, did you find yourself a CW moment? Did I find a CW moment? Did I find a moment where logic time traveled but just had to change the future? It did. It's not related to time travel. Oh, she, yeah, she actually didn't change anything as far as we know. I guess she, she kept the status. Sound, she kept the status quo as far as she knows. Yeah. So she's always been meant to time travel. Yeah. Okay, sorry, continue. Oh, I'm going to point out that she killed a man. <laughs> Which one? Uh, the guy who was going to shoot her when she brained him. Oh, yeah. And she put him in the freezer and we. That's a, that, That's all we know of him. Hey, yo. Show. If a guy like and she even says he probably won't remember because he's probably just manipulated by Percival. If 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 you're going to tie someone up and like contain him for a while until like the brainwashing yeah. comes off or anything. D- don't, don't put do them in it in the freezer. Don't do it in the freezer. He can't maintain his own body temperature while he's unconscious. Yeah, he's dead. dead. <laughs> Which is fine. I think she was like the only character left who hadn't killed a man, so. Just put him in the pantry or just wait till he wakes up. And then be like, hey, guy, you had a big fall. Do you remember anything? Like, the 100% Percival just manipulated a guy into doing it. He's done it before. But it's possible that he paid him some money and he does remember things. Yeah. I don't know. But I no, don't know. no, that that man, there was, may, maybe it happened off screen, but it very much feels like she killed a man. <laughs> also, even if it happened, she let him out off screen, you're right. It's not a good thing to do while they're unconscious. No. She's going to go back in there and be like, let's see if he's, a- no, he's oh, dead. Well, he's dead. All right. Uh-oh. <laughs> Kevin, did you find a CW moment? Yeah. Uh, it's a small thing at the beginning. But when uh, Percival is uh, talking about building his train, oh, he God. uses the phrasing, we'll, it'll, go, it'll run straight through the heart of Riverdale. And Tony, no, Tony, Tabitha turns around and goes, what does he mean through the heart of Riverdale? And I'm like, well, it's a very common turn of phrase that means it will run through the core of the city and be... Like, the center of the city. But, of course, it's, the reason she says it is because the heart of Riverdale is Pops. But that's not a thing. Like, I would not question if someone used a very common turn of phrase. I mean, this is Riverdale. I don't know where the heart of Riverdale is. Well, it doesn't. It doesn't it's, the, it's just a phrase you use to mean it's going to be around a lot of people. Well, that's the thing. Like, you could have just had her not respond. Just had Alice ask the question. Yeah. So what will there be a... The, what no. do you mean the heart of Riverdale? Because she's just trying to get him to say things yeah. on TV. Yeah, versus this weird, <laughs> this weird Tabitha not understanding a metaphor. <sighs> it would be like, how far is that? Well, it's this way that has the crow flies. And you're like, but I'm not a crow. Hmm. No, I understand that, but I just meant it's a metaphor. Tabitha is consistently (laughs) our smartest, quickest character. Yeah. The best business mind. Like, normally she is figuring out things way faster than any character ever could. Yeah. Except for when she really thought the FBI would help her with Martin Luther King. (sighs) She only knows Betty. She was thinking, oh, FBI, Betty. (laughs) And she's like, oh, wait, not she, Betty. She only she only heard the nice things <laughs> about what happened to, to MLK. Except for, of course, the you know, the, the murder at the end. Anyway, that is that is Riverdale. It's 
it's going somewhere it's now tabitha's chronokinetic we have pyrokinetic though their powers seem unrelated to the other well mm, okay mm-hmm. maybe it's this it's the the explosion was just a traumatic experience for the three of them okay and the idea is that traumatic experiences give powers it's okay. just that those three were in a shared traumatic experience yes and also their shared traumatic ex- experience was also the thing that ripped the holes between the worlds hopefully so that is they also opened the door to yeah. powers coming out of traumatic experiences really hoping that's the case Otherwise, it's, got, it's it, been like this all along. And they just never had a traumatic enough experience. Yeah, all those times that uh, Veronica's dad tried to kill them. Oh, did you know that a Firestarter movie is coming out? Oh, is it? Yeah, I bet Roberto did. <laughs> yeah, he was like, ooh, I'm inspired. <laughs> oh, I'm going to get there first. Cheryl Red was reading Firestarter. <laughs> oh, Riverdale oh, Vale. Man. Um, when, so... when, when are we going to get the science of... I mean, Archie's, we actually do know he's getting denser. The science of Betty's has been... Especially because there is the whole thing with her eyes. Which, can I just say, when she needs to wear her sunglasses is wildly inconsistent. Yeah, she should be wearing them all the time. Sometimes it changes within a scene. (laughs) But, like, the lighting doesn't change. Yeah, I guess it's just whenever she's getting, like, she's starting to feel the migraine, she pops the glasses on, but she doesn't want to be some, the weirdo, the weirdo who wears all, glasses all the time. Glasses inside. She's the, her and Cheryl, as long as I've seen, they have, like, distinct disadvantages to their powers. I mean, to, I mean, I guess Tabitha did get, did get cast through time randomly. Jughead <laughs> is deaf. Yeah, but that wasn't related to his powers. If he did not go deaf, I think he still would have gotten his powers. Maybe, but you think Archie and Betty would have gone deaf as well, since they were closer to the blast. <laughs> also, Archie's weakness is is just makes him normal again. Yeah, though, does it make him though, weaker? Though potentially, maybe it does. Maybe that is why Percival beat him. Maybe it yeah, does. Yeah, maybe that's make why him, he couldn't fight back. It does actively make him weaker. Hey, show, do a better job of explaining it to us. <laughs> So, audience, if you can do a better job of explaining it to us, or if you have something we should watch that explores racial issues in America right now that will be better than Riverdale's exploration, let us know. It's We're on the social media. It's Podcast MOA, Podcast MOA at Instagram, at Gmail, and at Twitter. You can also check out my books. They're available at kevinweirdbooks.com. And I'm over at aflimsyplan.com. And we'll see all of you next week. What is Percival? What can our heroes do to prepare for the upcoming battle? What other things can we learn from these textbooks? Answers all this and more on the next episode of Mishy Outsiders and Abs. A teen drama fan cast? 